Hello, I'm Rebecca Carter and welcome to Not Nosy Podcast where I have a conversation with an artist I know and admire about their work and their life. I always want to know so many details about people. How do they know what they know? What led them to this point? Where do they want to go? But I'm not nosy, just curious. So that's a little bit of background on why this podcast is called Not Nosy. Today we're talking with Mary Lou Jansen. You may know her as Majansen on Hit Record and social media. She's a graphic designer and animator based out of Alberta, Canada. And you can currently find her series of comics on her social media and her website, lifeanddoodles.com. Uh, I believe this is the last episode that I had recorded before I actually launched the podcast. So it's a little dated in the sense that... Um, We'll mention winter, and she talks about it as if it's in the future, like winter is coming. Uh, but uh, obviously, it's in the past. I'm a super fan of her work, especially some of her little shorts that she's published on Hit Record. And um, I'm giving you a lot of spoilers, so I'm going to stop talking about Majanson. Mary Lou, and have you listen for yourself. If you've left a review on Apple Podcasts, thank you. I was going to read one, but um, every time I start, it just feels I just, I have I can't bring myself to do it today, <laughs> but I really appreciate it. And uh, it really helps when people are checking out podcasts to be able to read uh, your reviews about what you like about it. So thank you. And if you haven't left one, could you? And other ways to participate with Not Nosy Online, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and comment on the episodes. One of the recent comments from Tinderlocks for last episode, he said, amazing episode. Nathan is super interesting and I'm so intrigued by his computer slash web developing approach to music and data management. Bravo on this episode. I agree, Nathan Lang was super interesting, and uh, I'm so glad that I was able to sit down with him. But today, we've got Mary Lou Jansen, so here she is. Not Nosy Podcast is supported by the Knowing short film Kickstarter campaign. I'm so excited about this. You may have heard me talk before about uh, how I worked on a project with Hit Record called The Hot Button. And I was asked to be a resident director of two episodes alongside this super, very talented guy, Jake Scrock. So uh, this guy, I, I really hope you do go and watch his videos. He's, <laughs> he's something else. And he's got this beard and mustache that, I mean, they should have their own passport. Anyway, he's just a super go-getter. He's got vision and talent. And he's making a short film called Knowing. A while back, I read a short story of his that I just loved, and I'm so excited that he's adapted it into a screenplay. But guys, this film will not get off the ground without our support. The Kickstarter goal is $8,000, and you probably know how Kickstarter works. It's all or nothing. So this project will only be funded if it reaches its goal by Friday, May 17th, 2019. The project has been cast, it's been written in a way to minimize the budget and maximize what they can accomplish with the money, and I'm just super excited about it, and I'm so proud of Jake and the team for getting it to this point. And so I hope that we can help this film get made. There are lots of great incentives, including social media shoutouts, digital copy of the film, movie poster, credits in the movie, all the way to being able to be an extra in the film. So go check out the amazing project video and lend your support. Go to knowingshortfilm.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G shortfilm.com. 
are you? you kids out of the house. Good. <laughs> and you're you're in Florida, right? You said I'm it was in like Florida, in Florida. Oh, I'm in Miami. Oh, that is so nice. And you are? We we used to live in San Jose, in California, uh-huh. but then we went back to Canada because that's where we're originally from. And yeah. now it's just trying to be like reacclimated to the weather here. <laughs> it's a tough kind of winter to get used to here, but it's kind of going to be interesting because my kids have not seen what it could be here whereas me and my husband were raised here so so you just so so take me so you grew up there basically where you are Uh, actually we're we are relocated to a city called St. Albert which is close like it's not even far from this city called Edmonton Mm -hmm. and but me and my husband like we met in Edmonton because that's where we were mostly living and I grew up there he grew up in some part of Alberta it was like a different city then he relocated to a different province in Canada grew up there mostly and came back to Edmonton oh okay so me and him didn't really like the weather in in Alberta at times because it can just be such long winters it's like sometimes you can get at least only three months of summer and then oh later God. it's just winter yeah. but then i right. think um my godfather put it in like a good term because he was always into drawing like he was kind of like my safety net because mm-hmm. he's like you know if, if we didn't have those long winters i wouldn't have been drawing and like that is a good point because that's all i like to do right, right? so it kind of benefited and i'm kind of a homebody in some ways so that's all i just did anyways i was just like drawing and like making stories anyways so that was my way of killing time yeah so but i do miss like summer weather like that's just the hard part because i think having the sunshine kind of affects the moods in some ways i never realized that yeah like oh yeah because yeah in california i was like oh my god this is, there's so much sun here and i'm i was like always waiting for it to just not be so sunny but there was only a few months of not so much sun <laughs> and i'm like this is amazing like i'm like that's the part I'll really miss is that sunny most of the year round and during the times where it would be like completely blizzard like here it was still sunny there and I would take a video or FaceTime my family and be like oh what's the weather there oh it's gross well look outside here and now I can't do that anymore (laughs) because we're in the same place now I'm like oh crap it's like so So how long were you in San Jose then Uh, about four years a little bit over yeah yeah like because my husband so your kids mostly grew up there oh yeah my husband just got a job there so that's why okay. it was just like a random I never thought that we'd ever move from Canada like it was my daughter was only around 14 months maybe and then we were like oh yeah so we're moving <laughs> and yeah. it was just a big change because I was like at first really hesitant because we had no family there and I was used to having family in Canada and I had this picture that we would just be here and that's it so it was like kind of being in this bubble where I'm like okay I don't know if I want to venture out there but I have no choice like we just like he had a really good opportunity so that's why we moved there I'm such a introvert like I'm very shy when I don't really know people and my social skills after I had my daughter was zero because I when I was like starting to be at home I was like hey how do you talk to people again like I don't really Right. you know because my my vocabulary was like a b c d e f g like right. oh look at this funny thing and it's just me and her talking even though she didn't really understand me and then when we went to the states i'm like okay hey, i guess i have to talk to people now i guess i have to make her friends 
So, so it was yeah. like, she was kind of like my safety net in some ways. Uh, so while he was working and doing his thing, I, I stayed home and that's what I'm doing right now. But I was, I was working a long time ago before I had her. And then when I was there, I was just like, okay, this is, this is completely different. It's just me and her and I have to know people, and I'm like, I don't know how to know people, so it's like, this is kind of awkward, but then it kind of worked out in some ways, because it kind of taught me to, you know, come out of my shell, get to know people. So you just moved back, yeah. like recently, this is your first winter? It will be. Back. <laughs> it was weird, because oh. it snowed in September, and I was like, oh, oh are you kidding me? I'm like, because oh we God. got here uh, May, around May because we wanted to get her into the school year because we're like hey right because we actually thought we were gonna put her in school there and then we're just like thinking about stuff and like hey do we like if we did buy a house there we would have had to move to a farther area and that was the hard part because I I finally got to have like close friends and I was like then I have to go even farther away from them get to know people all over again right start over I'm like you know what that's hard because it's like you're at work you can see the same people I said like I have to know the people and that's effort and I'm like and I'm mm-hmm. lazy now because I'm like yes. I got to know these people and I like them but then like me and my other mom friend like it was so important to have one because we were both in the same boat I had like this really good mom friend there and we both came from um like there her husband was working for another company too and she's coming from her other country and I was coming from Canada she came from India and we both met and we're in the same position and we're both mm-hmm. like okay hey, we're both kind of introverted in some ways so I'm like it took so much effort to meet you and now I'm like oh I have to get to know people again she's <laughs> like the same for me so it's like that part is hard because I'm like yeah you know like our our kids were all the same ages like we both were in the same boat so we were thinking long term and like financially like does this make sense for us so he like luckily he was able to keep his job but uh, oh really yeah he was yeah it's it was good so at least oh, wow. like he's able to keep his job and stuff but right now it's just like oh man like I'm in the point where I'm like hey I had a plan there but I think it's more like the Sometimes I find that when you have a plan, there's just always a switch towards like, okay, I have to think of a new plan. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I, I, my original plan. Well, especially when you're in another country yeah. like that, because there's just so much paperwork mm-hmm. and um, just all these extra things that you have to think about oh, yeah. than if you were just in your own country and you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, my husband's Mexican and we lived in Mexico for a while. Oh, and wow. so. And then also coming here, you know, it's like papers there, papers here, Mm -hmm. you know, and like so much of so many decisions that you make just based on like papers, you know, and 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 it can get so stressful. And you're trying to think of I was like, hey, we have to think of like, what would we want for our kids to like grow up in? Where do you want them to be? And I was like, hey, of course, you want them to be in a good area, but we also want to be financially okay in the area. Right. Like that that part of the country is probably one of the most difficult. I mean, there there's less than, you know, five places I think in the US that are that difficult mm-hmm. that it's just insane. It's and yeah. but then your son is American. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's but he's also Canadian now. So he's, right. he's got the dual. So I right. he always keeps telling me like he's around 
a little bit over three now, right? And he's starting to get his words. And like one time when there was that really weird cold snap, like I like walking to places, especially if it's close. Like I don't, I don't care how cold it is. I'll dress for it. But he's not really used to that. So he's like, mommy, it's cold here. I'm like, yep. He's like, I miss California. I'm like, same here. <laughs> He's like, I want to go back there. I'm like, me too, but we can't. So, <laughs> I'm like, you, you can. want the weather? You want the California weather, but where you are? Yeah, and the right? affordability. Like, is our area yeah. is pretty nice. Like, it's, it's just difficult. like the winters are very long. But I, I think that's what gets to a lot of people, even including myself. Like, I never really thought it was a big deal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. until I saw, like, you know, even though I was very introverted, I was out most of the time. Like, I was like, ooh, it's sunny. Ooh, it's sunny. Because I find that the sun kind of helped me and my moods and everything and me going out more often than I used to here. So that part was good. It helps that my, my daughter likes snow for now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I used to love snow when I was a kid because you can... It's fun. Like, yeah, because yeah, you can... Make, you don't have to do anything except play in you it. You can throw your kids in the snow, and they would be like, yeah. yay! I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to, you'll you'll see what it's kind of like here, but she's still insistent, like, oh, no, I think I'll love snow. I'll, I'll love it, and she does. Like, and I think that part's good, because I think um, when I was growing up, I, I loved, like, you know, that we were able to find things to do, even though it was mm-hmm. wintertime. Like, that was a good place about here, is that you find the most about it, like, out of things, like, you can... Um, I don't know, build stuff in the snow for hours and mm. and just come back inside and be like, okay, cool, we're going to do it again and then just go outside. Right. And you can just hang out in the backyard for hours. That's what me and my sister used to do. But I think that experience is good for the kids anyways because then they kind of see what it is like. And, to be active. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, explore and, and creative. Yeah, and, and it was, and it helped that I was like, oh, wait, you know, you have to, like, I was giving, like, the how to make a snowman lessons to my daughter because she's like I can build a snowman I'm like and I'd be like no this snow won't really work like you know you have to wait for it to be a certain way because otherwise it falls apart and she's like nah Uh I'm like no really because I'm like I've done this before it won't stick like there's certain types (laughs) of times where you're like hey I'm gonna make a snowman and then it's just completely there's nothing I I saw one of your comments your comics yesterday I think it was and it was like your daughter saying I want snow yeah and and you were saying shh yeah when winter will hear yeah, you yeah yeah it's <laughs> it was a big deal here I noticed like when we were whenever we're working and if anybody ever says like oh it's gonna like hey it might be snowing and it's like summer everyone's gonna look like shh <laughs> because it was like nobody you're gonna jinx yeah it. like everyone's like oh my god that can happen oh don't say that because like it's very unpredictable here right yeah my kids have been begging for it i've brought the i i hate the cold so i'm i'm very like every every time i start to plan a trip i just kind of dread it and get distracted and you know but they're like we want to see snow like snow falling that's what they want to <laughs> see because i've brought them to uh, Colorado up to the ma- like very high altitude in like August and there's still a couple patches of snow yeah. but they're like you know Little. dirty ice at yeah. this point you know I keep trying to find like mountains with snow in the summer I'm like look there's snow guys and they're like this is old snow like <laughs> you want the not- fresh like snow you can barely like do anything with this snow yeah and so and were- was it your parents that came from the Philippines yes what brought them what brought them to opportunities i think that's just yeah. um the big thing like especially for their generation my parents like you know they came from big families i think my dad came from oh man like a big like 12 
10? I don't really remember. Same with my, my mom. Yeah, a lot of kids. Like, a lot, um, a lot of kids. So, um, so during their times, like, my, both my parents, they grew up on, like, farm, and most of them, like, uh, my grandparents were, like, making money from, like, selling vegetables and meat vending and stuff. So my mom said, like, her dream was to go abroad, to be uh, a midwife. And so she was the first one in her family to go to Germany in the oh. 70s. And she was able to do that for a couple of years. Did she go as a midwife? Yeah, yeah. When she, I think it was, oh. like, after she graduated or after she graduated college i'm not really entirely sure i just know like right. she she went there and then her sister went there too so it kind of worked out and that was her experience and then she was able to help her family in the philippines because like they usually send back to help them like some back money. money yeah, yeah. so whatever they yeah. earned, like that's that was like the thing to help the siblings and the mm-hmm. parents because that was her dream to do so she was mm-hmm. able to accomplish that and then my dad um, like when they got married, my dad was trying to, like they were trying to find any opportunities they can have. So then he found uh, opportunity to work in Canada. So he was a mechanic here. Like he did like so many jobs, but then he turned out to eventually be a mechanic for trains. And oh, okay. he was that for about 20 years. And But um, they decided to come live here. Because I remember like when I was a kid, I'm like, like me and my friend talked about this like not when I was a kid sorry when I was like working we're like of all the places to be why did they decide to come here (laughs) because right and and I asked my parents like so yeah why like why didn't you pick like you know like like what made you come to here like we could have stayed in Germany but then Mm -hmm. my dad had like I think he he was able to settle things here and so my mom went back to the Philippines and they like they had my sister and then after that they came here when i talked because i always like knowing i'm like hey well so you decided to come here and they said well yeah this is like it was a place for opportunities and that's why they did what they did and then my mom became um a nursing a attendant like she helped with elderly care and so that was okay. her job she was at home for a bit helping with me and my sister and then she decided like she wanted to go back to work again and so that's what she did for a very long time she helped with the care for the elderly at the nursing home so right and now they're retired so right now they're good for them good for yeah i know i feel like they have more of a party life than i do isn't it funny yeah i know it's it's cute though because they're like i'm like hey what are you doing this weekend oh we're going hanging out with our friends they're so busy right yeah like it's it's yes my parents as well extremely super busy yeah (laughs) doing social doing social things it's constantly yeah it's it's my my parents are all about the you know they like hanging out with their friends um, my dad loves to sing. I like singing. So we all like the karaoke. So then they do mm. that. They sing. They eat. So they join like the seniors club. And then that's what they're doing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think like anytime like um, my parents like talk about how things were, I, I think it, it kind of makes you thankful in some ways because how far they've gotten to having, we right. didn't really have as much. And then, you know, we went to school and everything. And so it's kind of like, surreal because i'm like you know you're i'm like it's a good thing that they got to come here because you know it gave us me and my sisters like a chance to 
you know, have a life here, you know, have kids and, you know, go to schools. It also makes you thankful. I, I think, like, if my parents always said, like, you know, if they didn't want to be outside of the Philippines, like, they're like, we don't even know where we would have been. Like, we could have just been selling the food at the market still and all that stuff. And my parents were right. like, we wanted you to have a different life than that. So, and now, like, we still have family there. Like, like um, their siblings are still there. Like, some of their siblings. Like, but um, some other, my dad's siblings are here. My mom's sister is the next province over. And I find more and more that, oh, hey, we have some other families that also went to other countries too. So it's kind of neat because now that there's the ancestry stuff, you're like, hey, there, we could have other families around. It's really interesting to trace back. Yeah, the places that people went. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think a lot of times it was just, hey, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a third generation American born, but my father's family is from Lebanon and Syria. Oh, wow. So, but we've been, I mean, it's been so many generations now that it's it's kind of hard to, but they. I think they went to Jamaica first and from Jamaica some went up to like Rhode Island Massachusetts area and some went to Australia and so yeah. it's like it's neat. okay yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah it's cool though I think it's it's always but, interesting to see I, I asked my parents like that what made you decide to come to Canada and you know like why didn't we stay in Germany but uh, they just decided on that but I was like that'd be that would have been crazy if I was like born in Germany like it's like all the little right. things but now it's so you were born in Canada yeah, yeah. and your siblings no what did you they're, say they're from no they were born in the Philippines but mostly raised okay here okay yeah. yeah so it's it's different because I don't understand really Filipino and so everyone's mm -hmm. like sometimes like you know I wish I was able to learn that but growing up they, at the time they were saying oh just they always said to study only English right that's what they English. always told my parents <sighs> But then now it's crazy because when I talk to some of the other moms, like when we lived in San Jose, they're like, I was completely wrong. There's a lot, of, like at a certain stage with the, the kids, there's no problems with them learning languages, yeah. right? Well, I think, I mean, same. My, so my grandparents were born in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, and their parents spoke Arabic. But uh, at that, so imagine now yeah. a couple generations ago, and so many immigrants, mm -hmm. and it was considered, you know, the old country, whatever country it was, this is the old country, and you didn't want to be associated with that, mm -hmm. and so you spoke English, yeah, you know, and and you didn't want to be, so it wasn't, it wasn't cool, it wasn't cool to speak, you yes. know, the other language, so yeah. they lost it all, yeah. and it's it's a shame, it is, and of course now it's like people I think realize the value, the value of language. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I need to learn, I want to learn. Filipino and I was right. saying to my kids like I want them to understand diversity because I think that's very mm -hmm. important to them because they are half Filipino and half German background even though my husband's family never spoke German they were okay. they just mostly spoke English because of the same reasons like you know this is where everyone speaks English and then like when I was talking about that to him I was like you know what's weird is that they always say to learn English, but in when I was in grade four, they made us learn French, and it was mm. it was a standard thing. Like I, I'm like, didn't didn't you learn French? And he's like, I don't. He doesn't really. He's like, I don't think so. But I was I loved it. I was like, I wanted to learn a language. Like I was just mm. so fascinated with culture, and I'm like, I wanted to learn Filipino. But my parents were saying like, you know, they just told us to only speak to you in English, 
I wished that I learned Tagalog, but then um, that's like the main dialect of the Philippines. But I don't know it, and I'm like, ah, oh. like, and it's like I know I could take some lessons, but then it's it seems like it's trying to find the matter of time all the time. But I want my daughter to kind of know it, and same with my son. I want to, I want them to kind of know about their heritage. So I think that'd be very important. Have you ever have you? Do you know the app Duolingo? Duolingo. I heard of it. Yeah. Duolingo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I don't know. They have a lot of options. I don't know if that's one of the options, but it's yeah. so good. Yeah, I took Spanish in high school, and eh, you know, it's like just could put a, you know a couple words together. It was mostly vocabulary what I was learning. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Mexico, and I didn't speak Spanish well at all. And mm-hmm. I was I got hired to work, and I was working in English, and I was. But it wasn't until I finally had to like go out into the world by myself. Mm-hmm and survive and that is what taught me spanish uh-huh. you know and so it's like i think it's like you almost have to be forced into it like it has to be like this immersion thing yeah yeah because so and and it's hard because people will see you struggle and if they speak english they'll just they think they're helping you and they'll mm-hmm. they'll just switch over to english with you and it's like i need to practice yeah yeah <laughs> i think um that was the part that was difficult when I went to the Philippines. I went only once uh, as a teenager, and it was a culture shock because I, I didn't really know what to expect there. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I know I'm Filipino, and my parents would be like, no, it's it's different there. Like they'll know that you're a tourist because uh-huh. my complexion's lighter. My like I have the the Canadian accent, which I never heard. Because yeah. I, was, I hear it. I, I didn't know. <laughs> Even in the States, I didn't hear it until I've been there for a bit. I'm like, oh, okay, I can hear it now. <laughs> I never understood. <laughs> like, I, I noticed I was pronouncing things different as we were there, and I never thought it was a big thing until I caught myself. Like, um, some of the things I'd say, like, there's some differences with how we say certain things in Canada and in the States. I noticed. I was like, oh, hey. And then I always attach the A to it. I'm like, I never knew I said A. Until someone pointed it out to me. And then when we went to Philippines, it was uh, tough without, like, you know, tough to go to places if you didn't speak um, the dialect out that we were in. For So, for example, if we were in Manila, like, I guess there should be a lot of people that speak Tagalog. That's, like, the main dialect, but not everybody would always speak it, I guess, because I think in some provinces there, they have a different dialect there so where my parents grew up they grew up in a place called Pangasinan and so people would speak that dialect and I didn't know anything I would it's kind of like when I was trying to make an effort to say something it was very broken Uh and so I had like my one cousin whenever I we were both in the same situation like because my other cousins knew a bit of English but they were always shy to speak it with us because they Uh said I spoke too fast and then my other cousin, like, you know, he couldn't even speak it, like, at all, like, English. Uh-huh. So I would be, like, um, you know, I'd wake up and, like, you know, get out of the room and try to see where my parents are because they're my translators. And then right. I, I ran into my cousin, and I'm, like, uh, trying to say where are my parents in Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> but I said it with English. I'm, like, so I'd say, like, one word in Filipino and the other words in English. And then he's just, like, uh-huh. what? <laughs> like, and we're just both <laughs> laughing because we're like, okay, we don't know how to talk to each other. But then eventually I was just like, 
parents. We're, right. we're parents. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that way, there they are. And, you know, so. Yeah. And it was, it was a culture shock because it's like, um, in you know, being in a place where here there's so many different cultures and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, you're just like, you'll see Filipino people, you'll see everyone, uh, like a different nationality. There it's just, hey, there's only Filipino people. And there's like some, you know, other random cultures, mm-hmm. but it's very rare to see that. And I was like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. Everyone here is Filipino, like me. Right. And so that part was different. And then my mom's like, yeah, and the way um, I react to heat, like really, really intense heat there. Like they said, that's a big giveaway. When we mm-hmm. got to Manila and were traveling to their province, I, like, you know, I was just like in a dress and I was like, completely red and I'm like oh my gosh it's like how do people live in this intense heat I was just like sweating and everyone's just so used to it like you're not from around yeah and my face is completely flushed (laughs) but then I was just very light and so my mom's like yeah everyone's staring at you because it's they just say like oh yeah she's she's not from here it opens your mind though doesn't it to go different places and I, I I think it's like one of the things I hope everyone has a chance to do is just travel and you know I think there's there's no way to there's no better way to grow yeah yeah. in life than to go other places and and to learn about it oh yeah for sure I think it's it's good to I, I think it's good to learn about culture like because um I think without that it's just like well how would you know what how things are like it kind of opens your mind in some ways like oh this is like like when I saw how my parents grew up I'm like oh that's a whole different thing like this is that's a whole, this that's is. A whole another like, ball game yeah I was like oh mm-hmm. she's like back then you know like my mom said like yeah we didn't have like um we didn't really have electricity we had le- like you know candles and I was like oh my god like wow and like that mm-hmm. was their time like you know they said and even before my mom's time she's like yeah my my grandma was like you know during during the war times it was like she she would tell me stories like oh it was like crazy back then like you know the the struggle the 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 main part was like just trying to survive which is like we came a long way and it's just interesting to hear the history and you're like okay it kind of makes you realize like all the things um you take for granted I guess seeing where my parents grew up it's like okay I'm very thankful thank you for helping us grow up here and you know, giving us opportunities that we didn't really have. So, like, mm-hmm. and it's, I, I still, like, other places I want to visit. Like, since my mom was in Germany, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to go there. And it works out that my husband's, like, background is German. German, yeah. yeah and I, I would like to go there. That's, like, another thing to, to visit because I have relatives. My mom's sister lives in England, so it's, like, another culture. So I have relatives there. Right. So they have um, the British accents and it's so fascinating because it's like hey they meet me and they're like hey you got the Canadian accent I'm like hey cool you got the British accent that's pretty cool so, right. so Isn't that weird? yeah we're related and we have all yeah, these different accents yeah, it's, it's neat to see like how things are there like they're like oh this is what we do like I was like okay so you know like do you like we we're talking about cooking I'm like do you cook Filipino food and she's like no we just we do mostly British food I'm like oh what's British food <laughs> you know I'm like what yeah. is that <laughs> she's like yeah we do I just do like some potatoes but she gets her, mostly her husband does a lot more of the cooking but she's like yeah we do mostly British meals and hardly ever cook a lot of Filipino ones whereas I was used to it because my mom 
she was all about the cooking. Yeah, you grew up. Yeah. Yeah, you grew up with that. Yeah, because, yeah, mm-hmm. even though, her, like, her, my mom's sister, like, she grew up in the Philippines, but I don't think she really cooked as much as my mom did. So I got the taste of, like, all the traditional cooking because my mom loved to do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, my aunt really enjoyed it as much. So maybe I think it's just, like, they adapted to. That's true. Yeah. The... That's true. It really mattered. That's interesting mm-hmm. because, like, I grew up with the Lebanese food 100%. Yeah. I mean, all the Lebanese food every Sunday and, you know, a lot of the other day. But that's what my grandmother cooked, mm-hmm. you know, every every day. And she loved, I don't know if she loved to cook, but she did, you know, she was a good cook yeah. and she cooked off and my grandfather cooked and then she taught my mother who was not the Lebanese one, mm-hmm. you know, she taught my mother all the recipes and my mother. And so, um, but yeah, that's right. If, you know, if you would go to a different aunt's house or something, they maybe didn't know all the foods yeah. because the aunt was not that good at cooking or yeah. didn't care as much about it yeah. yeah I think if they were interested because I'm starting to get interested in learning about it because I it's like nostalgia to me because right like my parents they when we moved to California they were in a different province over um so they decided to move back here in, in Alberta but mm. but now it's just like oh you know like when I was in California I'd be craving Filipino food but then I'd have to go buy it because I didn't know how to make some of the stuff I knew how to make certain dishes right. But I was like, you know, it'd be good for me to know these things for me because I, I it reminds me of my mom. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I loved her cooking. Like it's just like the smell of like Filipino food in the house. Whenever we come back from school or somewhere, she'll just be like, I'm going to cook. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just the nostalgia of it. And I'm like, I want mm-hmm. my kids to have that experience in some ways. Like it's like, oh you know, to know what the traditional cooking is like and certain desserts that way they get that exposure they're not afraid to try different things and it was good because um like after after I was trying to learn some of that stuff I think it gave me motivation to try to learn how to do it and learn some dishes so I'd ask my mom like how do you make these things you know and now that they're back from BC and moved back here it's it's easier for me to be like let me pick your brain. How do you do this now? I want to learn how to make it because I'm making the same Filipino dishes. I need to learn more. Yeah, you got to make your little cookbook of all the family yeah, recipes. Like it's, have you started to do that? Something you can pass down. Yeah, I have like a, a little book of like some of the stuff. There's like a sweet bread. And that's, it's it's a good accomplishment to be able to make that. It's called pandasal. And my mom, that was my favorite thing. Like for, it's like a sweet, a traditional sweet bread. And it's always very tricky to make. And then it took me a couple of tries and I was able to do it. Whereas like some of her family said, like, you know, they tried to do it, didn't work. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I was able to do it. So they're like, maybe yeah. you got like your mom's thing. And I think that's you like, got the touch. Yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, that's a good thing. Though when I was growing up, my mom was more of a, she likes to cook, but she doesn't want too many cooks in the kitchen. So she prefers mm-hmm. people to not always be in her, cause she's, she's used to doing her own. She likes her space. That's kind of like her own space. Right. So we'd help like as a kid, like, you know, we'd help with some things like, you know, like I remember there was like this one dish where you just had to roll these sweet dough balls and stuff. So that's something we were able to do, but anything else should be like, you can just, just watch. And I, I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't like that at the time. Cause I'm like, I want to learn this stuff. Like I, I need to right. get my hands in there and you know, you know, need the dough and all that stuff. But she was like, no, no. I don't like, no. So then I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I, I watched what she did and I didn't even know how to cook like until like they, when they moved to BC and when they moved away, I was just like, 
oh, okay, I need to learn now. I can learn this yeah. stuff. I like to eat. And that was my, my way of learning is that, you know, if it doesn't taste good, then you know you did something wrong. <laughs> so right. tastes right, then you did something good. So, and, you know, you can tell from your taste buds. Like, that was how I learned. It was like, does this taste good? It doesn't? Well, then what do I need to make it taste good to me? Yeah, I'm my I'm my own number one fan as far as my food is concerned. Oh. <laughs> I love my own cooking. It's it's good because like it, at least like you're trying. So like I know like when I me my other mom friend like I I would make these dishes because um, she would cook like I remember she would invite me over with my kids and cook a lot of, like a traditional her traditional stuff Indian food. And mm. I was like, I've never cooked you so anything. Good. I'd learn some recipes and be like, what do you think? And I was like, there was this other Filipino dish that I, I was craving when I was pregnant. And I was like, I don't even know how to cook it. I asked my mom, like, you know, I don't know how to cook this stuff. You know, can you show me? And then I realized, like, it was so easy. I made that dish for my friend and she was like, this is awesome. Like, and she, and it it was like a motivation for me to keep cooking. Cause I'm like, oh, I have someone who would eat the traditional, some of the traditional foods. Cause um, I like, certain soups and my husband doesn't like soups he's just not yeah if you don't have an audience for it it's hard to put all the effort into it if you're the only one eating it I I find that myself it's like if it's just for me I'm just gonna eat like little bits and pieces of what I'm not gonna spend I just can't yeah it's true because I know like when my mom would cook it's it's a when you cook a lot of Filipino dishes most of the stuff is very like bulk portions because that was like mm-hmm. our big thing and I think that the mentality is like having enough for everybody so if you have guests over there's always something for them to have or relatives you know mm-hmm. so like my mom like she was amazing like whenever we'd have like parties she would be up from like five in the morning or earlier cooking like 10 dishes or more wow and so our our whole table was full with like desserts and um, dinner cuisines and all that stuff and it's just all over the table and it was just like she was just pumping out more and more and more but she was so proud and they were all so good and it's like she always wanted people to have a lot and doggy bags to go home with them. so that was the good like that's why I was like oh I missed that part and we'd always have like food laid out and then we just talk and sometimes we'd have karaoke but like, and it was crazy because I, I love karaoke and then my daughter didn't even know what it was when we were in California. I was like, oh, things you don't What's your like. favorite karaoke song to, to perform? Oh, I have so many. It's anything with like 80s. I, I, a lot of 80s music, like, like old Madonna, Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. Like those are like the nostalgia ones for me. Like sometimes some of the oldies too, like my dad like mostly put like Elvis and things so I know most of the Elvis songs too but like now there's like some new songs I can sing with like Olivia but uh, it's they're kind of getting used to some of the old ones because like now they're remaking some of the old school songs into like the anime right. movies so I remember there's that movie Sing and there's a lot of the old school songs in there right so she she associates all those those songs from that movie and I'm like well that one's around for like a long time right right so, she's like it's, she's like, it's from Sting yeah. I'm like yeah that's true that's the one that uh, Lolo which is my um, grandpa in Filipino it's like that's the one that Lolo likes to sing I'm like yeah because it's yeah. an older song and then she'll be like I know this song <laughs> so like if he puts on like the karaoke at his place because they they have this thing called a magic mic where you can you know you have a microphone it has like a chip you enter the song, you put it to your TV, and you start singing to it. 
Okay. So it's like a Filipino oh home. My gosh. Yeah, it's like pretty high tech there. So we're all about our karaoke. Not like maybe not everybody, but I am not into that at all. I'm terrified of singing. I mean, I don't mind singing like to myself or, mm-hmm. you know, but no, to go up or perform, I, you know, I'm not a good singer, first of all, but, um, and I remember one time, like just a big corporate thing and we went for like a corporate retreat. Anyway, it was, it was just all these people and the, the assistant had arranged in the evening one night to do karaoke and we're all looking at her like, what? And she's like, it's going to be so yeah. great. And we're just like, no, wait, what? Karaoke? Why? With my work people? Are you sure about And then she's like, Rebecca. Uh, you got to sing Hotel California <gasps> with me. Oh, my I, God. That's the longest. I, slow- I love that song. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love singing that in karaoke. I heard on a podcast where really? some people are like, I hate I hate that song. On, I used to listen to this other podcast where she just loathed that song on karaoke. I'm like, oh, my God. That's the song I always sang. <laughs> like, oh I was God. like, I love singing that one, too. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll hide that that part about me. <laughs> no, I just think it's just that I'm just not meant for karaoke. You know, it's just uh, it's oh. it's interesting because like even if you couldn't sing, it's just the part where you just don't care. <laughs> like right, I haven't gotten to that point. <laughs> it's funny because um, my my daughter's like I'd be so shy to sing. I'm like you know what I just even if I didn't because there's some songs like some songs I can't really sing because you know you have a certain pitch that you can do and I'm like yeah I can't sing that but I just do it I don't care <laughs> I'm like I, I think now is it is it only will you do because you said earlier like like making friends is hard for you like you're very shy and introverted I know it's, it's but weird. will you will you do karaoke in front of I anyone I have done that before it's so it's yeah. so weird isn't it like I, I I always have to explain that to like with me my sister my other sister, she's she's a social butterfly. She can do a small talk. She, like, talking to random people, she is so awesome at that. And growing up, I was just, like, I would kind of follow behind her. Like, you know, I couldn't right. do that. But when it came to, oddly, public speaking, like, you know, like, when you get those weddings where you MC and stuff, they'd ask me to MC because I don't care. I was just like, I'll do it. She doesn't like it. She's like, I will not do that. I don't like the the center of attention. Whereas I'm like, if I know I'm going to say, I don't care. Like, I just, it's it's so weird. You can speak in front of groups. It was, yeah, if I know what I was talking about, I, like, if I, Uh if I already know what I was going to say, like, I couldn't really like, you know, wing it without looking like a weirdo. Like I, I always have to plan it. That's how I'm the opposite where I'm like, I need to know what I'm going to say. Like if I'm right, like, cause some some of my relatives are like, hey, if you're, you're going to MC for me, this is what we want. But if, given, though, that you, you're still going to be recorded, and if you do something embarrassing, that's just going to be there. And that happened, where I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the MC, even though it didn't, I didn't care. But, but they're just like, yeah, we want some jokes. I'm like, oh, jokes. Jokes. Okay. I don't know any <laughs> jokes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm good at saying, like, you know. They're like, you know how, like, yeah, oh. famous comedians do, like, really nice, yeah. funny stories? It was, I had to look up jokes. Do that. Yeah, it was like that. It's like, incorporate some jokes in there. Because I was more like that. Right, endearing and funny. Yeah, and... I, I, I would be like, I know what to say for, like, you know, I can talk about some serious things, like some, the mushy stuff, and, you know, like, hey, you know, like, you know, because I don't, I think those were coming more of, like, you know, the the softer side I was okay with doing those things but when it comes to humor I'm like hey I don't know if I'm funny though 
Like it's, right. I can just laugh at my own jokes, but then I could be the only one laughing at my own jokes. Right. And then, <laughs> so I had to research it. And to this day, like you might, like when, when my cousins, like I asked my one cousin to MC at my, my wedding and they, they recall the time, that time when I emceed for his brother's wedding. And they were the ones who said, tell a joke, but except I told a really like dirty joke of course <laughs> and i won't say it on here because it's really inappropriate but then i was just like i shocked everybody because i was like okay i tried this one joke and there was it was a fail <laughs> and then i told this other joke and everyone's mouths were just wide open like oh my god that came out of her mouth and it was a good right. thing there was a language barrier for my parents because they didn't really understand the extent of how dirty of a of joke how... it was so they're just like ha, ha, ha we'll just laugh with the other you people you probably should just tell the joke no <laughs> it it is not appropriate (laughs) and it was so funny because um at my wedding my my cousin's like yeah if you want to know a joke you should ask Raylu to tell you this dirty joke that was told at a wedding I'm like oh no (laughs) I'm like no no we're good (laughs) you know what's funny is you said at the beginning of this whole thing you said you know how when you're at an event and they need an MC for something Mm -hmm. I know I don't like I don't know anything like I can see what you're saying but no that's like that's happened to me zero times like I can't think of a time where someone was like I need an MC and it'll be someone from yeah the audience yeah that's uh but it sounds like you grew up with a really big family around you yeah, too and a lot of these events so you guys are all just emceeing each other's uh well because I, I know that he was he was good at talking too and then like that's why it was so opposite because my sister like you wouldn't know like because everyone's like you, you say you're so shy and introverted but then you have no problem speaking like even in class right, but then you get up in front of the but group I'm like, and run the party because i know what i'm saying like if if i'm talking about something that i don't know what i'm talking about then i'm i will turn red and i'll be like i don't want to be up here so i like right. having something i know i can talk about um but random situation if i'm like at an event where i have to like market myself like say like oh i need to talk about what i'm what i do i'll I'll just be like "Mm, i don't really Mm -hmm. know like that's that's where it's like even though i'm i i know what i do for a living just trying to start a conversation is so hard yeah there's different scenarios that yeah yeah, and that was easy for my sister like she'll just get it like that like there's there's some things that she was able to do like even go out and sell herself yeah like Like, not that sounds weird but yeah yeah you sell your skills like she was she was like different because like even like um because i would be like kate when people are in my bubble like i was like one of those people like if you're a little too close in my bubble i'd be like oh my god i'd be like oh like i kind of tense up and be like kate they're a little too close like, like, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I even told my sister, like, you know how, like, some people, like, they like to hug and things. And I, I, I wasn't used to that, too. I'd just be like, oh, okay, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, and she, she's just like, oh, it's fine. And then she'll just talk with them. But I don't know why. I was just like, oh, I, oh, okay, you're in my space, though. Like, it's, could you just, just stay right there? <laughs> nice to meet yeah, you. Just yeah, yeah, just stay, right, you can you. stay right there. <laughs> so I want to talk about, like, your, your art more. Okay. And your comedy. So, okay, so one of my favorites, I, I'm like your super fan. That's cool. And I love your... <laughs> I never had a fan before. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> so you've done on here record a couple of sketches. One's called Bad Bears and one's called Vanity Bear. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> I love those so much. Oh, so are you writing... 
Are you writing those? Yeah. A lot of times it's your husband's voice and sometimes your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote those. It's, it's funny because I would think of these ideas, like some random ideas. And like I said before, you know, like how if I find something funny, but if I'm the only one laughing, then I'm like, oh. So I always have to test it with my husband and be like, is this funny? Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like even my comics, the ones I, my mom comics, I'll be like, ha, 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 you know, like it's funny. And then I'll be laughing and then he'll be like, eh. I'm like, really, though? So they'll be like, okay, so what would you make it, like, that makes it more funny? Because I don't know how to, it's like, you know when you're listening to something, you're just the only one laughing on the bus because you think it's hilarious, and then everyone looks at mm-hmm. you like, but that's, is it, though? Is it funny? Like, you know, it's it helps having someone else's um, eyes on it, too, because right. what makes um, me laugh isn't always the same right and his humor is a little bit dry it does help having a collaboration like even though he's not like he doesn't say he's really like the artsy person he has that skill of being really witty would you uh, give me permission to put the audio of the vanity bears oh sure yeah in yeah, here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's I love it. Your husband, you can tell your husband, I mean, his, like, just dry voice, like that, just the way that he hits those lines. Oh, my God. I think it's hilarious. And just the way you put things together. You're you're very clever. No clue what we're talking about? Here's a clip. I'm Barry Bear, and I'm an actor. These days, people just see me as a polar bear who lives in the Arctic. I want to be more. I want to be considered for other roles like action movies or leading roles that aren't in a nature documentary. Look at the majestic polar bear looking for food. Or being the poster bear for stamps. Stamp me. Greeting cards. Susan's greetings. Or vodka bottles. I'm vodka. Maybe one day we will live in a society where what species you are won't determine which roles to play in a movie. Maybe that's asking too much. That's what I liked about the Hit Record site. It's just like, it was so new and I didn't really know what to expect. Because at the time, uh-huh. like, I think I, I joined when I was, like, when I first went to California. And I was really, like, not sure what to expect from there. Because I didn't really put my artwork uh, on, like, a lot of places. Aside from, like, you know, when MySpace was around and... I, I used to have Facebook, but I didn't really like Facebook as much. So uh-huh. I would have my work on my portfolio site, but then I was like, should I join the site? Like, I don't know what to expect. Like, what happens if people don't like my work? And, you know, it, but it helped, though, because I think you learn from other people. You see, like, the different skills. You see, like, the strengths that you can help from each other like so when someone remixed my stuff I was like oh this is cool like it's I think it was like Tinder Lux he, re- he remixed that vanity when with his audio mm-hmm. and it was cool I was like hey that's neat like I was like <laughs> I was like with all the sound effects and it was just an interesting take and I'm like oh I like that it was like so flattering mm-hmm. to see someone take your stuff and be like hey I can do something with that and right and it was like a whole different take on it and it was so cool so I thought it was a neat site to get you growing and working with other people so i i like doing like random random ideas and i i I think for me it was like it helped having some humor for some things because there's times where it's just like yeah i could be serious in this and some of my drawings and stuff but then it i like adding some humor to it to kind of make light of some things at times because right because like i'm i remember i watched like this one director like um got his name but he was 
a really well-known director and I was watching some of those motivational speeches and he was saying like you know with storytelling like people are asking him like what's a good story you know this my story I'm making is really sad he's like you know what look at how the world can be like people go to movies or read things because they want to escape those parts they don't want to think about those things all the time because they're already in it so give them something to feel good about there are times where it's like yeah it's like i feel sad but then you're like but i want to laugh at something i don't know like i think it kind of makes me like laugh at certain things yeah you were saying i saw somewhere you said it's like art therapy yeah almost. yeah like it it's, is pretty it's, much because like they're like moments from your life a lot of a lot of this i mean the bears one's probably not no. so much but <laughs> but you know it's i think your comics so they're called like life and doodles yeah. right what's your your site is um, oh mother dear Oh, I know dear. I should have made it life and deals, but I think it was like taken. So I was like, yeah, I think. <laughs> it was just like you know, just random. But things. they're like little micro, like little teeny tiny micro moments yeah. that you're doing this, and I love it. Thanks. I just think it's such a clever Thanks. concept, and you're taking just like like literally something that probably just happened just in this really quick thing, mm-hmm. and you're make, and I relate to them a lot because yeah. they're they're mom, yeah. they're mom themed, yeah. I think it was like when I remember I used to just make those comics and for a while I just stopped for a bit like when I was busy with like my daughter and stuff and I was just at that point where I'm like I don't know like is anyone reading this like you know I had one fan which was awesome I was like I have one fan but I don't like really (laughs) know if anybody cares about this stuff and he's like do it just who cares just do it anyways like isn't that hard you make your art and you kind of make it for yourself Mm -hmm. but you really need it to get out in the world and you need someone to see it in order to feel it's it's like isn't that it's it's like i think it's it's nice to feel like your some of your stuff is actually not know really impacting but it's like the validation like hey someone saw my stuff and they actually liked it it's just like it it's flattering that oh hey like i i put effort into this and you think it's cool right and it's I, I don't know, like, it's, like, maybe it's because I'm a little bit nerdy where I'm, like, I'm cool. Like, this is, this is neat. Because I remember growing up and I was always about the drawing and writing stories. That was my way of dealing with a lot of things. Because I was not the sporty girl in school. I was quiet. I was not really into those things. And my sister was the opposite. She was into that stuff. And I remember, like, Anytime I would be drawing, everyone's like, oh, she's drawing again. That's so boring. But when you're an adult, it's just like, oh, hey, you look back on it. And you're like, hey, no, it's just me working on the stuff that I was good at and I believed in it. And I think I just knew what I wanted to do. And I think it was a good thing. Right. And I try to encourage that with my kids. Like, um, I would say to my, my daughter, like, you know, because, like, when you come from a traditional family who they're because the, doing artsy stuff wasn't really with regular yeah, jobs it was, they, they, they had regular yeah jobs. it was not yeah. the ideal thing but that was just something I wanted to do like I, I I think it was something important to me and I didn't realize how much it was and I think having someone support that like I my parents didn't really like it at, like they're different now but back then they're just like no that's nothing you can't do anything with that because Right. When they grew up, they, it was mostly you have to be a nurse, you have to be an engineer. You know, they're very practical. They call it the practical field because that one is guaranteed to bring money to the table, to bring you wealth, to give you yeah. opportunities. You'll always be working. And then 
you know, growing up, I was just like, okay, but I, I hate math. <laughs> I'm like, I'm bad at it. I, I just don't like it. It would, be, it would have been good to have that support saying like, hey, it's okay to like that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. There's, you know, I think I wish that that was, it was more accepted in some ways, like to like what you want. Whereas like mm-hmm. what, in, instead of what you're expected to be, right? You know, so I knew like, uh, I wasn't really into, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but that was more because what my family That's wanted me were. to right. pursue. I knew as a kid, like I, I was always just drawing, but I didn't, when I was like in kindergarten, I remember that I was just drawing and drawing, drawing and all that stuff. And even though I was shy, my kindergarten teacher was always like telling me, she's like, Hey, your drawings are cool. Like it's, it's so good. And I was so mm-hmm. proud. I was like, Oh, and that was all I needed. Like, it was like, she said it was good. And I was like, she thought I was good at it. And I, I didn't think I was. I didn't know what I was just, I thought I was just drawing, right? And she's like, no, it's yeah. really good. And she, she'd show it to everybody in class. And I was so proud. And I was like, that was, I think, the start of like, realizing, okay, I'm good at this stuff. And then I noticed I, I was getting more and more interested in doing art stuff because we'd watch um, The Wonderful World of Disney, and um, there was a special at the end where they say, hey, see what the animators do. How, how they animate, yeah. and that was so cool, yeah. right? Yeah, and I was fascinated with it. I was, like, really young, and I was just, like, glued to the TV, like, that is so cool how they make it move. And and mm-hmm. behind me was, like, my sister's, like, this is boring, and my dad's, like, taking a nap on the couch. I'm like, really, though? But this is cool, right? Like, I was... This is the coolest thing yeah. in the world. And yeah, and I was, like, I think that's why I was drawn to it, because I'm, like, I think I knew something, that this is what I need to do, and... When when did you kind of nail down that track where you're, like, I'm going to go to... Because you studied graphic design? Yeah, it was, um, my, my major was called Design and Digital Media, so I learned... Um, design like graphic design I learned how to do interactive stuff and like 3d animation I wasn't the best at 3d animation but mm-hmm. I learned 2d animation and flash but flash isn't like flash is kind of there but they're kind of limiting it out so I have to learn more things but I think when I knew like when that f- the first flash came out I, I and it's like hey you can animate at home I was like oh my god I need this I need this I need this I I, I made like this really crappy animation and I don't, I, all in one layer, because I didn't know about layers. And I was right. like, oh my gosh, I can make something move. And I, my drawing on the computer, I've never drawn on a computer before. How, how old were you? I was 18. Like now, okay. like back then, it's like, like now. And you just, sell, you just taught yourself? Yeah, like, this is before it, you were in college? Yeah. Like, so I, okay. when I was like trying to go to the school I was going to, I, I tried to go into that design course, visual communications. But I didn't get in. Right? I was just like, oh crap, like, cause I'm like, hey, I thought my stuff was good. Like, it was, it was discouraging, cause I'm like, hey, I, I had this plan, I was gonna do it, and then my parents were like, right. okay, you know what? Then do something else. Do something that involves math. Be this or that. <laughs> so I'm like, and it was hard because you know I was 18, but then you know somebody told me about this software, and I'm like, hey, I like this stuff, and you know I want to learn more about it, and. But then I wasn't able to get into the school that time. And I tried so many times. Like, it was a long process. And But it taught me, though, that if you really want something, you just got to do it. Because mm-hmm. it was it was just like something in the gut. Everyone was telling me, like, maybe 
take something else, be an accountant, which would have sucked for people because I was sucky. Like, <laughs> would have sucked yeah, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I'm bad at math. Why would I be an accountant? This, is, this makes zero sense to me. And then, you know, like everyone's like, okay, then do medical stuff. I'm like, I, you know, I do care about people, but I, I don't think I would be good as a nurse because that's just not where I was meant to that's not where I would be for my strengths that was more right. my mom's thing and I said like you know there were some things I could do but I think my passion was mostly with arts and stuff and it was hard because I didn't at the time have anyone in my family who was in that they were my sister was more into like um she was she studied like um engineering and stuff but now she's a social mm-hmm. worker and then it was so wow. it was like it was difficult because to convince my parents like hey I I can make a job like I can no, sorry make a living with this job but I didn't know anybody at the time who was in that until my godbrothers like you know my godbrothers took that course that I was trying to get into and they said yeah no they were able to work I have one it was still new at the time because it's like you know everyone's like oh that's not a job that's but they were able to make a living at it and doing that and then I think if it wasn't for them, like, uh, my parents wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, you know, because they, they saw, right. because they were, like, a very close family friend since I was a baby, so seeing that he was successful in it, and then uh, my cousin, uh, my godbrother, other godbrother, he's teaching arts and stuff, and they're like, okay, they're making a living, they're, they're able to do this stuff, and they, I think they started, like, saying, okay, maybe this will be good, and I think after they started getting that like successful in it it paved the way for me to be like hey i'm gonna do this like i like when i did when i didn't get in but uh that one college i got into a different course it's like uh, another graphic course that i took before i got into the three-year course so i took that for a year got finally got into that and then it kind of like kind of pieced on together but i kept my rejection letter because I don't know why I did. I just uh, kept it. Your motivation. I, I mm-hmm. think it was just, it was so hard at, when you're 18 and you have like a plan. I think just anything, when you have a plan for yourself and it doesn't go that way. It's like, I didn't have a backup plan. I was like, what do I do now? So I'm like, and everyone's telling you to do something else. But like your gut was saying like, no, I like maybe do what you want. Like you got to Right. And that was all I heard. Oh, it's like, so hard, isn't yeah. it? My God, to be that young and to need to decide your yeah. path and everyone's trying to give you yeah your advice. Yeah. And so was there a period of time, like you didn't get in, yeah. but did you, but then you got into somewhere. What I'm wondering is, is there a period of time after high school where you weren't in school? Yeah. After high school. <laughs> I was like, for, I was upgrading. For how long? I took a course didn't like it was just a long process because I tried to take one course but that wasn't the course I was learning, like leaning towards it that wasn't dealing with like um, computers as much like I wanted to at the time I was thinking I'll do some design stuff because that one had more in the field where I'm living right there's more of a market to do that kind of art job mm-hmm. so doing graphic design was actually the way I needed to go um, then my friend was the one my one classmate was saying like hey you know because I was still stuck like I don't know what other courses I can take and he found this other college that did a similar course but shorter it was like a year and Mm -hmm. I got into that eventually it was it was like a long process because I'm like I thought when I was in school that I was good at that stuff right 
and I'm like, I'm good at this, I'm good at this. And then I asked the teachers, I got everything prepared. And then when I didn't get in, I'm like, holy crap. Like, it was just like, the ego was like. It's got to be really disheartening. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh, I thought, I, like, I did everything they said. And it was devastating. so relative, too, yeah. though, isn't it? I mean, it's um, like a, a hit record example. You know, Lydia Saskia, who did the encyclopedia of mm-hmm. Lydia. Mm-hmm. And um, during that whole time, she was in, she was in, um like finishing up her her degree her whatever her art degree is or something and of course we're here we're building an entire show around her art style and then she said that at the end like basically at her graduation her her professor was like you're gonna be a failure like this is not yeah um that's pretty sad this is not like this is not i don't i don't remember Mm -hmm. so i'm sorry if she listens to us if i'm misquoting it but it's like it's just they didn't think her style was a was a real style you know was a proper style and of course here we are all like building this entire show around this style so I think it you know it's it's like comedy it's like so many things it's so Mm -hmm. subjective so it's like if the people that were looking at your application Mm -hmm. if that wasn't their thing yeah it's then out the window it goes it's true you know it's it's so true like it's I, I remember like in school it was like when I finally got into that school it's, it's always competitive, right? You always have other artists that you're working along <laughs> together and everyone has different styles and it's hard to not, like I was still kind of self-conscious. I'm like, is my stuff good enough? There's stuff, they had their strengths, you had your own strengths. And like that part was tough because when you're graduating, it's like kind of to each your own. You have to succeed in, right. you know, build your own thing after college. Because even though I loved the college experience, it was like, hey, it's almost time for graduating we had to have a grad show and it, it's like it, it was interesting because like not every teacher like you had have some teachers who would be like I don't really like, like you can tell they don't like your style then there's some teachers who are like oh, no your style is awesome there's nothing wrong with your style right and they're like you know they give you the constructive criticism but it, it is subjective right because I remember on my grad show like you know you'd have to have your work and then you have to have your business card and then there was like one company that was from New York that was looking at some of the art uh, that was out and they looked at mine and some other of the top students and I was just like oh my god they looked at my stuff <gasps> the whole time mm-hmm. I thought like they didn't like the one teacher didn't like me <laughs> but then there was this right. person from this company that actually liked what I did and it was because everybody has different styles they're into and you know, maybe that teacher didn't like their style, but there's always going to be someone who will be like, no, this is the style I was looking for. Like, and right. so it is subjective, but it's always also mm-hmm. hard to hear because I, I remember like saying like, just because one person says that, like, like I heard like some guys say like, um, this one girl who was a writer was trying to get, I guess her book or some, some essay read by somebody and they said, oh, you're not going to succeed in this. Don't bother. And the other person was like, you know, that's just one person. That's just one opinion. It's it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't represent everybody. Like it's just one person. Right. So I think that's that part is hard because it's like it, it is hard to hear. Like it, it it does matter. Like there's nothing wrong giving some constructive criticism, but it's like when everything is based on how much likes you have and stuff. That it's just it stops being about the the art or the thing you like to do it stops it starts being like that's the main focus a contester yeah it can be hard for the ego when someone's like hey uh, you know 
I, I think you will never succeed in this time. Because it's so easy for someone to say something like that, but it's 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 nicer and I shouldn't say nice. It's more encouraging to hear when someone's like, Hey, I like this thing that you did. It's it makes it more motivating to be like, Oh, hey, you, you like what I did? That's so cool. Like and when <laughs> like when you ask me to be on the podcast, I'm like, Really? Me though? Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I love your stuff so much. Oh, thanks. Uh, so, so your comics, like, okay, so so your comics that you do, it's it's usually you guys, right? Yeah. Like, it's you've got your you and your husband and your kids yeah. in there. Yeah. And, so, are, wh- what are you making that in? Uh, I make it in Procreate. Um, I draw all my stuff on my. I actually brought it here just so I can show you my my tablet. So it's oh okay. So I usually draw it on with my iPad. And like the pencil and stuff with your pro or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, I use Procreate, and then like now that there's the update, I used to use uh, this comic um, template maker called Half Halftime. Forgot what it's called, but it's a comic maker and it has all these templates where you can insert the drawing. Oh, okay. And then you put the bubbles in, and mm. before like I I had so many like you can see the the evolve the involvement on my sketches because I used to do it by hand and then my husband's like you know we at the time we were like okay maybe we can get you the Wacom thing but then I didn't really like there's like a different style of um, tablets you can get where you'd attach it to your computer and you have to look at what you're drawing yeah, yeah you're drawing down yeah but you're, you're looking, looking up, up and I, right? I noticed that's gotta be hard it was very hard and then eventually he's like hey you know what they're coming up with a new iPad and that one you can right. draw and it's pretty much like the same price to get like those big fancy Wacom tablets so I'm like I'm gonna try it and he got that for me for like a Christmas and it was the best thing because I'm like okay cool I can I got better at drawing which is weird because I was always good at drawing by hand but it took a bit to get used to tricking my mind to being like hey this is yeah to do it digitally it was completely different it was like I noticed my progress I'm like oh wow what is my drawings look so weird like it was so I had like older templates of when um of my old comics where it was just freehand and then later I'm like I can just make expressions and just paste them in and then I have to add more expressions to it and that was what I started doing because like you know I noticed like I my husband's saying like just keep up with doing all your comics like and right. it's and at times though it's so hard that's why I I like doing the mom comic thing because I'm like it is hard to balance I, that's why it's kind of real into my own experience because I'm I base all my comics as like my little journal for myself it's right. like so mm-hmm. I'm like how can I make this easier and still you know like not rush and still yeah. pay attention to my children yeah and... yeah so I made like little templates I redrew everything like that's the recent ones that I I made yeah. it into templates, so I just copy and paste my expressions that I want, and <laughs> I post. Yeah, in. I was gonna ask you if you're redrawing yourself every single time, or if I you're just kind of grabbing. Yeah, you used I to. used to, and that took so much time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, it's time that I don't always right. have. Like, because you're putting out a lot more mm-hmm. lately. It feels like more like like finished. Oh yeah, that one's products. yeah. I started doing the Inktober one, so what I did was like for right. my for my comics, like you can set it to publish. At certain dates, so I do a whole bunch mm-hmm. of comics one day. Like I, I always have to keep track. Like, oh hey, I'm like, I publish up to this certain date, so I need to bring out the next mm. batches, and then I have to mm-hmm. think of things too along with it. So I'd write down ideas that I think is funny, and then I'll be like, okay, what do right. you think? And I just tell my husband like, hey, what do you think of this? It's funny, right. and then I publish it, and sometimes 
it's always a hit and miss. Like, there's times where I'm like, hey, this one's good. Oh, that one didn't. No, that didn't get good. So then it's just mm-hmm. constantly, like, and I told him, like, at, there, at times, like, it's, like, hard to keep up with because it's, like, I want to m- not just publish for the sake of publishing. I want to make sure that I can make it still funny and still relate right. to the things I deal with without just saying, like, hey, I'm just publishing it just so I can get it done. If it's your quality suffering, then it's just, you can see it. It's, like, with, like, you know, movies, like, go straight to video. It's, like... Oh, I can right. make a sequel to this movie, but it's gonna suck. Right, <laughs> and that's and it's just like it's true. Like it's like yeah, I can produce this, but it'll just suck completely. Right. So, is there a goal? Like, is there a goal with the comics? Are you trying to? Um, I th- like I can imagine you putting these together and trying to get like sending them to some sort of book agent. I, I or think that's something. Yeah, like that's that. something. Eventually, it wasn't my thought originally because I think after being a parent, it was a big big deal and I noticed like because after I had Olivia it was very difficult dealing with no sleep and all that stuff and you know you'd have people saying write it in a diary write what you think always talk about like anything that's in your mind your experiences Mm -hmm. through journaling and I would be like I'm feeling like this like you know all my chicken scratches on my journal I can't even read anymore because I was like you know I, I didn't sleep that day blah blah and I was like this isn't I don't know if this is fully helping me and then I was like what what would help me and then I I would just draw it out I'm like mm-hmm. and then I'm like oh okay maybe this is helping me more because I think it was almost like you know trying to balance even to this day balancing parenthood and motherhood and also the career part because my career is on hold right now but at the same time I'm trying to keep it going in some ways you know what I mean like sure. even though I'm not working anymore I used to be I was a graphic designer but then I was like okay I'm not doing that anymore like I kind of was at a standstill I'm like hey am I just a mom now like I just I it, even though being a mom is great it's like I still had my career goal and it was almost right. on hold so it was kind of like what do I do and I mm-hmm. and even though my husband was working when we we're in California I was like hey what am I gonna do though I'm like I'm just because I was also you feel like you need to accomplish something externally to your children like, yeah you, like it was you need to personally do something I think my struggle was like you know I I was I didn't expect to be at home like I I thought I was gonna be working but then there was just circumstances where I wasn't able to and then I I was the main person to watch my daughter and then that's what happened and I was watching my son now and in the states I wasn't able to work right away you know and stuff right. so it was like, okay, I have this career goal in my mind, but I also want to be a parent. And it's that's when it kind of plays into, like, the the mom and the woman thing is just, like, you know, how come, like, I can't do both? Like, it'd be great if I can feel like I can balance both of that, but it doesn't feel like those opportunities are always the same in some ways. And I was like, okay, I, I want to watch my kids, but I also want to have a career, but then there's like the expectation that I have to be like the the main person balancing everything and that part was the struggle and I was like how do I deal with this stuff and then I started doing my comics and I was like it was like my own little art therapy and it was also getting me better so I was able to try to find a little bit of a balance practicing your skills Mm -hmm. and that's what my husband Mm -hmm. was saying it's like don't focus on like that negative part like you just feel like you're stuck but then people there's moms that 
take the time to raise their kids and it's just a hard job too and I never realized how demanding it was until I became right. one and then I compare it to like working I'm like this is a whole different mentality so I'm like I want to have my dream but I also want to balance the parenthood and I was trying to figure out how to do them both and then that's why my husband's like you know just keep working on your comics just keep doing it you're still working on mm-hmm. that while you're taking care of your kids and so right that kind of helped as like a little bit of therapy for me because then I'd be like okay you know this is this is something I dealt with like some of my first ones where I was struggling with some stuff now it's later it's like oh how can I make this funny now like it's like because to me it's funny I'm learning how to write my own stories and like some putting some of my experiences in there but you know what I mean like it's it's also like that therapy so it's trying to get everything all into one and I always find Mm -hmm. that most of my days is like you have to find one thing you can focus on so that's why i i did the um, my comics ahead of time before i took on the challenge of the inktober stuff because okay it's like so much time is so limited i can only choose one like that's why i say like right when someone's babysitting our kids i'll be like okay i can do these so many things what can you do but i can only choose one thing before kids you have you know you so much time but then now it's like okay, i gotta find the time i want to balance that time right so I think it helped me, like, it helps you in some ways. Like, after being able to deal with all the hardships and stuff, I was still able to find ways to multitask. And even though it was really hard, I realized how important time is to invest in certain stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I really wanted to work on something, I have to work with whatever I got. So if my kids are in bed, I'm like, hey, this is the only time I can focus on certain things. So... Mm-hmm. like it's that part is always tough is trying to find the time and and creative times like you know when you think of an idea it just happens like whenever right so if I think of an idea I'm like crap I need to I need oh, to put this on paper. I'm having such a hard time with that yeah. and then it's like I forgot already yeah. you know or <laughs> it's true you always think of it at the oddest times like so whenever people say like where is your creative space and like anywhere you can just be anywhere right. and then sometimes when you're like okay let me write this down like that's like even with my comics I'm like I have this really great idea and I'm like trying to sleep then I'm like okay I have to write this idea before I forget about it right and then all of a sudden you're like sometimes I'll write it down and be like hey okay this is funny this is good and then later it's just like oh it wasn't really as funny as I thought you're, you're, <laughs> like, in the morning, you're like what <laughs> So let me ask you before we go, because mm. you mentioned something earlier that I did, that I actually had written down, which was, did you plan on being a stay-at-home mom? And it sounded like you really didn't. No, I didn't. It was, it was actually unexpected, and it was a, it was a tough time. That time I was thinking I was going to be back at work, and then mm-hmm. I this part was tough because I I didn't realize, you know, when there was that project for what it was like to be a woman. And mm-hmm. that's when it sunk in because I was doing a freelance job because I was, I was trying to do something different. My husband's like, maybe you should try freelancing. Maybe you'll like just certain environments, something different, you know, to see what it was like to freelance and stuff. So I tried to do it. I didn't know what I was doing though, but got an opportunity to do that because my friend helped, um, told me of a contact to work with. And so I did some stuff for them and then, um, it, since I wasn't really a full-time person, it was easier to be like, okay, hey, you're a contract person. See ya, kind of thing. Goodbye. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and here in Canada, you can get a year for maternity leave. 
So mm-hmm. since I wasn't a full-time person, I wasn't able to get the year. So that part mm-hmm. was hard. It's like, because I wanted to keep that job going, but I also wanted to have my kid. But then there was just a lot of circumstances, and I was like, hey, I need this job. But then it's like I wasn't able to keep it because I had my daughter, and I needed to focus on, like, you know, I needed to figure out if I put her in daycare, can we afford daycare? It was just so many things. So we decided, like, hey, well, I think, like, because what I would earn wouldn't be enough to be, like, feasible for both of us to live off, like, hey, I can work and then but then my money my money would be going to daycare so it's uh-huh. just like we had to think of like okay financially does it make sense like if i stay home aside from like feeding on the clock it's like you know i can make my own i can make the food i can it's just like financially we're like thinking okay what works with us it was just that time was very tough financially we were thinking like what's the best for us and then that situation where i wasn't able to work that place anymore so it was like hey well it was hard to apply for jobs after that because uh, even like when we got married it was like hey, when i decided to do freelancing i was like okay um i can work for you but then they'd be like oh but are you gonna have a kid like this was like before i was pregnant like it was that part was hard so right. i didn't realize it was like that it, it was i don't i think i was just stuck in a bubble thinking that that's not how it was anymore right but it was like it's like well and it yeah. and that i yeah. i I remember you said that on one of your testimonials mm-hmm. and several of us commented like that's, you know, in the U.S. you can't ask that. And then some people, I think, yeah. even showed you like links yeah. in Canada. You can't ask these kinds of questions. And I actually Googled mm-hmm. it this morning because I was thinking about talking about us and I Googled um what should you do if like if you're in a job interview and they ask you inappropriate questions. And so... Mm-hmm. um because I I did my career, you know, at General Electric. Everything was very by the book. I was taking also, like, these human resources classes. Mm-hmm. It was, like, so instilled in us. Mm-hmm. This is what you can't ask. Mm-hmm. You cannot ask someone even in conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you have kids? Where are you from? Like, oh, yeah, I was still asked, you, There's yeah. so much you can't yeah. ask, you yeah. know. And, and actually, one of the teachers, she even told a story. She's like, I was, like eight months pregnant interviewing for a job and they couldn't even comment on my belly like they couldn't like you know and but so i'm reading on google today what do you do if you're asked these inappropriate questions and uh i wasn't really excited about the results it was just kind of like well you could you know say well that's that's not you know you can full out call them on it like you're not supposed to ask that or you can answer it but in a different way or then you know mm-hmm. and then your only recourse really is like you can file a you can file a dispute and it goes to like the department of final yeah. labor or something mm-hmm. that's this whole thing uh that basically if you think you've been discriminated against like if that's the reason you didn't get the job mm-hmm. but I, yeah. the the advice was not very encouraging and it, it was kind of like well do you even want to work for a place that just has general disregard for this kind of thing yeah exactly. but i just yeah. I, I just thought that it was it's a shame that's yeah. still happening mm-hmm. you know i think that was like the eye-opener for me because i was like i didn't think that af- like you would have to choose between motherhood like you know having a family 
and having a career like why can't you just have both why is it limited and why does it matter if i want to have a kid why like you know there's some people that do and some people that don't but then if you it's just like you don't ask it's mostly the moms that they'll be asked they'll ask like when they asked me i was just like oh and that's like with that project i was like that's when i realized i'm a woman okay mm-hmm. and at that this is still going on and i even like being at home like it's it's tough because some people like i even i didn't know what to expect being i I love kids but i didn't Mm -hmm. realize how on the clock you will be like Mm because when i was working i still got my lunch breaks i still got like my time for myself now it's just like my husband had to take out the kids (laughs) and then and it's the things i didn't think of because i didn't know at the time and then the perception of like when you're at home you're just basically doing nothing but you're not you're you're handling the house you're making sure they're going to their appointments you're going to make sure they're in the school you have to do a lot of things around the mm-hmm. house and handle them and see if you can fit a career in there and that part is like the hard part is like okay well now like even my mom friend and me were like thinking like how do you get back into the workforce after you've been at home right. for so long and like i've seen this one show on netflix called um Ex- i think it's explained and they talked about how the the gender equality and like the struggles how and it's just like it's it's crazy because i didn't think it was a big deal until that happened to me and i'm like oh and then even being at home it's like oh okay you get different types of perspectives where it's like some people say oh the mom shouldn't be going back to work anyways they belong at home and then i'm like oh my god seriously like you don't mm-hmm. and that's like my my one friend said like you know she she prefers to be at home and that that's her thing she would just rather be at home but just she gets the comments from her family saying like no you you know there's nothing wrong with like uh being at home with your kids and you know there's everyone's pressuring the moms to have a career which there's nothing wrong with having a career and being at home with the kids if that's if you want to be at home with the kids that's fine too right it's just to Mm -hmm. each their own and i was I, i was like okay i liked being I still like being a mom but it's just I also had my own dreams too and it was like difficult because it was unexpected to be at home and I was like oh I I just had this plan in my mind where I'm like I want to work but I wasn't able to because just circumstances I was like hey if I if we got some daycare is it going to be financially something we can afford right because if i don't make tons of money right when i was doing this stuff mm-hmm. and i was like yeah you know if i go back to full time how am i gonna how are we gonna balance this all we didn't have like family to help us at that time and stuff right so i was like everybody's working my parents were in a different province and i was like we were on our own and i was like it was all unexpected and i think that's that was a part that was tough that was the hardest part yeah even like to this day like i had this plan like when we were in california like that i'll be able to work there eventually like it was tough because it's like i i was like anxious to work there because there was i saw so many postings more so than here for stuff i was mm-hmm. interested in and i was like these are opportunities that were so hard to get to and i was like he's he has his dream job right now and i was like i felt like okay i can get like after the kids are starting to be in full-time school maybe i can get that experience and then have that on my resume if we ever had to come back here and then it would set me at least a little bit of a head for having a gap because then i'd have experience here is that now i know what i wanted to do 
like given the time that I was with them my husband asked me before like when when I were whenever I was taking care of my daughter he's like what do you want to do do you still want to do design do you still and I was like I don't know I still love design but I also love animation that was the bigger thing I was like every time I saw a movie where there's like someone's making a story a short film or something and they animated it or they drew some designs for it like like that always got to me. I was like, I feel like that's mm-hmm. what I need to focus on now. And I think without that mm-hmm. time, I wouldn't have realized that. Like I, right. I was, I did the design part because where I was at, it was there was more demand, not as much as like that's where the money, yeah, easy, yeah. the easier money was. Yeah, I was, the- I was still able to do something creative, but you know, financially provide. And but there right. was more of those opportunities in California, and I was like, oh my god, and I wasn't able to take them at all, right? And so, like, Hit Record was awesome. It was cool because you can think of things. And when I was involved in projects, like, for just for fun, it was just, like, rewarding at the same time because when they asked me to do some character designs for them, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I saw my, my name on there, and I was just like, that is always what I wanted. And then it just it sunk in. I'm like, I need to focus on that part. And right. I think that's, like, it kind of helped in some ways for making me realize what I need to focus on. But it's right. like at the same time, it's also like, okay, I, I have to know where to begin from there. So it's like, it's kind of open-ended, like my journey is still kind of going. Yeah. So what do you think the next step, the, the next immediate step is? Uh, aside from like when they start school, my kids, like in full-time school, mm-hmm. I was thinking like um, maybe taking more courses because I've been, there's some softwares that I was like, oh, I, like I, that I animated that, um, that Vanity Baron, it was called uh, Adobe Character Animator, I think it was called. It was pretty cool because you can rig your mouth movements to it. Okay. And I was so fascinated with that because I know now there's like After Effects. I learned Flash in and out, but now there's so much more software and not many people always use Flash anymore. They're trying to limit it out, right? Right. Like it's still used somewhere, but I just noticed like... Yeah. Thanks, Apple. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of people yeah. using... <laughs> You know, Adobe's like Adobe uh, Character Animator now, After Effects, and I don't know After Effects, so I'm like, I feel like I need to go back to school and relearn these. So you gotta bump up your yeah, yeah, so I think your skills a little bit. Yeah, so that's something I'm thinking about, and maybe like I saw a course that I wanted to do, but then I'm like trying to think of like whether or not it makes sense to go back to full time school at this point with the kids. I'm like, I don't know if I can even be able to balance that all out. So that part is the tough part. So. Right now, it's just more like I want to focus on the animation part. I was always fascinated with telling the stories and drawing it and all that stuff because I have so many ideas. And I'm like, it's just like just certain things about like telling the stories and leaving a mark on people. I, I think I just wanted to tell stories, see it on the screen and be like, I made that. And when I saw like my name it's exciting yeah when I saw my name on there and I showed my parents they were so proud they were like for what production was that that was the one uh for the USAI thing okay yeah when they saw yeah you did you did a lot of the the characters right and it was like it opened something because I'm like hey I like I like thinking of characters too and then that's why I was like I started doing that the Inktober project because uh one of the people on Hit Record was like, hey, have you heard of this project? And then I'm like, no, I didn't. So I started doing that as a challenge, but it's like you have to try to find the balance of doing that with the kids. And 
but it's it does make you better you do you have to do stuff every day and just keep moving and... i know like for my one friend she asked me to collaborate some ideas with her so she has i should give a shout out to her because um i did some character designs for her channel for youtube and um it's called come sing with us and she's trying to make these educational animated videos and she asked me to do some character designs so some of those designs that are the main characters are the ones i helped her with come sing with yeah. us it's a That's she awesome. does educational uh songs like it was her mother-in-law has like these songs and she tried to make it into full animations like she's not animating it but she just needed some, like she's doing someone someone else is animating it but she needed some ideas for the characters so i helped her with some of the character designs so that was like flattering because she's like can you help me with that and I was like oh cool mm -hmm. you want me to collaborate with you that's awesome so it's neat to see <laughs> it come to life like you know the she the characters evolved from the stuff into the style and it was pretty cool for their mm -hmm. the style that she was looking for so it's nice to help out and see some of my work some floating around in some places so yeah and the more yeah. that you yeah the more that you get exposed to doing work with other people it, yeah it just brings you more places yeah, and... yeah totally well, thank you. Thank you for talking with oh, me. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. And now the part where I talk about everything we just talked about. All right, Mary Lou Jansen, everyone. So first of all, you've got to check the show notes for some links to her videos that I was saying that I love so much. There's one called Bad Bears and another called Vanity Bear. I put the audio in for Vanity Bear, but it doesn't do it justice. So you got to go see the video and of course her comics which are a super fun way to express life's little moments and um, they can be found on her Instagram Majanzen M-E-J-A-N-Z-E-N and on her website lifeindoodles.com but I want to talk about some of the things we discussed I love talking to moms because I think that through these conversations where we really spend time to talk uh, we get a really good idea about the struggles that women are going through after having children especially related to taking care of the kids and trying to have a career it was funny actually that in order to record this we had to find a time when both of us had our children out of the house and since her kids are younger they're home all day so uh, we scheduled it on a weekend, and each of our husbands had to take our kids out for the morning. And ironically, my Miami kids went ice skating, and her Canadian kids went swimming, <laughs> indoor swimming, but still, I thought it was pretty funny. We talked about how hard it is to get back into the workforce, and I definitely think certain careers lend themselves more to being able to do that than others. But, you know, I'd love to hear from any of you if you've experienced anything related to these topics, going back to work, working from home with the kids, getting asked inappropriate questions during job interviews, whatever. I just, honestly, anything that you relate to in the whole episode or maybe something that surprised you, I'd just love to hear uh, your reactions, your own stories, uh, your thoughts and questions. So you could reach out uh, on social media or on email notnosypodcast at gmail.com or at notnosypodcast on all social media. You know, I'd really love to interact with you all. It's, it's always interesting to hear when someone is an introvert, but at the same time, there are situations where they're not. So that she can get up and talk in front of a large crowd or even sing karaoke. 
I feel like there was a lot, there's a lot to dive into there. The whole MC thing, how cool must it be to have a large group of family and friends that have these big events and, and be hosting and emceeing the event? I've never seen that before. I mean, I have a really small family, so I don't go to so many events like that, but I've only ever seen someone you hire, like a band or a DJ. And it must be really cool to have someone that you know running this show. It's so much more personal. And she really left me curious about that dirty joke. <laughs> I guess we'll never know, but maybe maybe I'll get it out of her one day. And about the karaoke. <sighs> okay, maybe this is my own insecurities about that because it's really hard for me to imagine anyone doing karaoke, much less an introvert, but that's so cool. And um, I had a couple people in my improv class that were super into karaoke knew all the local bars that did it, what days and and everything. And they'd kind of travel all around hitting one bar and another for karaoke. And it sounds like they have a really high-tech microphone that has the songs in it. And I started wondering if it's the same kind of microphone Sarah Webster mentioned that her kids have in her episode. I'll have to ask her. It was also great to hear both her stories about her experiences living in the U.S. and also all of the stories about her parents immigrating from the Philippines. And, you know, you never get so much insight into the world as you do when you move to another country. And I, I've mentioned it before. I lived in Mexico for three years, and it was, I mean, that was a great life experience. And and it's so much easier to learn a language if you're living somewhere that speaks another language. Um, I didn't realize the language spoken in the Philippines was pronounced like that. I guess I read it and I thought it was like Tagalog, but I guess it's more like Tagalog, Tagalog. Uh, and I looked it up on the Duolingo app, which I do super recommend, but no dice, it's not one of the languages currently offered. And finally, we reference quite a few hit record projects and records, and I'm going to do my best to link to them in the show notes so that you can go check them out. And if you don't see them on your podcast player, you can go to notnosy.com and they should be there. So thanks so much for coming back for another episode, and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.